0: All right. Hey there, small group leaders. Um, I'm sitting here again this week with uh, Josh Hazel and um, Pastor Sean is um, tending to some other things today and and over the next few days. And so his schedule has prevented him from being able to sit down with us for the last couple of weeks. But we're here to debrief some of the questions that you've submitted based off of this past week's sermon on membership. And just as a side note, um, I would encourage you that if there are uh, members in your small group that aren't uh, members of Coastal Community Church. We have We Are Coastal that's coming up on February 25th. from uh, That's a Saturday. From 5 p.m. to uh, 8 p.m., dinner will be served, childcare will be provided. And right now we have about 100 people that are signed, signed up to attend, and we would uh, love to see more if there are people that desire that that are in your small group. And so that's just a... Um, an encouragement to you to make that known and make that available to the people that are attending your small group. Um, This Sunday, we are kicking off our new sermon series on the book of Genesis. We're actually covering chapters 1 through 11, and the name of the series is called Beginnings. And we have a resource book that's available for you as small group leaders, and we've printed enough to give to... Probably the majority of people that are attending your small groups, if they want to come by the welcome desk, they can pick that up. And it's different articles that are relevant to the sermons that you're going to hear preach week in and week out. And so, but um, with that said, I'm going to transition us into the questions that were submitted for for this week. And we'll get to as many as we possibly can with the time that we're allotted. Um, But we're just going to jump right in. All right, let's do it.
1: First question. Um, will believers stand before god on judgment day pastor sean mentioned regarding raising our children in christ that they will one day stand before almighty god and we need to prepare them for that day Um, and i guess the second part of that question would be is judgment for the believer already satisfied in christ Uh,
0: so the answer to that question is yes believers are going okay next question yep No, the the answer is uh, yes, uh, and um, but believers will will stand before God and be judged in Christ. And so I, I think Revelation um, chapter 20, um, starting with verse 11 here, I actually pulled it up right before we started. I think it kind of settles that. It says, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And so uh, the way that I pictured it and the way that I've heard uh, folks talk about it before uh, commentators, pastors, is essentially we're going to stand before God as believers with our uh the the big fat f that we got in um in life based off of what we 've done and 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 how we have failed to um, uphold the the uh the law and uh and and that will be burned up because of what Christ did for us two thousand years ago and so uh will the believer stand before God yes, and the book of life will be opened. And we will be welcomed, not because of anything that we've done, but because of the works of Christ. And so we will be judged, not on our works that we have an F on, but we will be judged based off of the works of of Christ alone. And so um, that's that's an encouraging to me that, um, that I, I'm not going to be judged based off of what Joey's done. I'm going to be judged based off of what Christ has done. Um, so, yeah, we will stand before God.
1: Uh, it would, I think there, there's a piece of it, too, that we're responsible for what we do with the time and talent that, that Christ has given us. Yeah, for sure. As Christians um, as well, like we're responsible for that piece. Yep. Not in a judgment, like we're gonna, we're not going to lose our salvation or we're not earning salvation by doing those things. But yeah.
0: I think it's the outworking. You know, hopefully, uh, I, I have yet to meet a believer, I, I you know I've met believers who at times they forget who they are in Christ, and they because of that they're living in disobedience, and they need to repent of that, and they need to remember what Christ has done for them and live in response to that. But uh, as believers, uh, we should be busy uh, in our labors for the kingdom of God, and God expects us to, and it should be our joy to labor for the kingdom of God. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. And, in the kid piece, you know, I'm not sure what the, um, I don't know if I'm answering the intent behind that question, but the kid piece is we have a responsibility as Christian parents to, uh, God has entrusted us with the stewardship of children and we are called to prepare them for eternity. Uh, that's what this side of eternity is. The reason why when God saves us, we uh he doesn't just like zap us out of here or whatever is because our life is he's he's preparing us to spend an eternity with him and, and so we're called to reflect Christ to our children uh and prepare them um for the day that they spend eternity mm. with him while resting in the sovereign work of the holy spirit to uh to save them, we can't. So we can't save them.
1: And that's a piece that uh, Pastor Sean has even brought up from the from the pulpit. Is that um, as Christian parents, the job is not to make sure that our our, our children have um, a good education or that are yeah. well rounded in in extracurricular activities um, or are even necessarily safe. Um, th- there's nothing wrong with those desires, and there's certainly you know good to want to make sure that your children are provided for but um the first and foremost responsibility of of all of us as christians is to make disciples and as parents um the responsibility is to make disciples of your children um like you said it's the holy spirit that saves them but make making a home that is gospel centered is the job of a parent Um, and that's what um they're responsible to, uh, to god for
0: yeah absolutely
1: uh, next question. Pastor Sean said that there are those who are serious about the great commission and commandment will be well-resourced. Are we already blessed to be a blessing? And in parentheses, uh, the question has Genesis twelve two, Ephesians 1, 3. Or do we earn blessing by being serious about the great commandment and commission? The great commandment being love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, and then the commission being go and make disciples Um baptizing them, um, you know, um, and doing that all in the authority of Christ.
0: So, I'm trying to think through the way that Sean might have uh, made that comment. So, in Christ, we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit. So, we see in Acts chapter 2, which is the text that Sean was preaching out of, even though he's not... um, addressing this particular piece that I'm about to bring up, but God has commissioned believers to be obedient in evangelizing people from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. Okay, he's given that to us in Matthew chapter 28, right, um, He's in, in the Gospels before his ascension, right? We hit uh, um, Luke's account of the early church, which is the book of Acts. We see Christ is ascended. He's gone um and then the holy spirit uh indwells the remaining believers and the disciples which then results in uh a spreading of the gospel in a way that the church had yet to see and so, yes, God has resourced us with everything that we need by depositing his Holy Spirit in us so that we can be obedient to the Great Commission and have confidence that the Great Commission will be success; It'll actually accomplish what God set out for it to do. So we're well resourced in that. What Sean may have also—and again, I, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly what he— uh, if that's the exact quote, what the intention behind that quote was. But um, also, no, just within Coastal Community Church, Sean talks about us being, uh, if people have a vision to reach uh, a certain people group, and there's this passion and there's this plan there, the local church is going to come around that brother or sister and help give them material resources that they need or physical resources that they need. And so I don't know if maybe Sean meant it in that way as well
1: one piece he one phrase he uses a lot at least behind the scenes is there's always money for vision yeah that's what i was thinking and, about um that's the one thing i think that you do see that god's hand working in coastal community church because there are so many people passionate about yeah um bringing people to christ and i think that that is evidence in the fact that coastal has exploded um in so many ways um over the last few years um it's because that a priority within the body of Coastal is to reach others for the gospel. And we're going to do that any way we can. Um, And um, there's always been um, resources available to do that. And
0: maybe, too, it's appropriate for us to speak. Like, the Christian life isn't one of passivity. Like, Mm. uh, we can't just be, oh, the Holy Spirit lives in me, and so it's just going to happen, and I'm going to be passive. Like, there's nothing passive. We don't see anything in the scriptures. When I see believers, they're hard workers. Okay. They're laboring. They're it's toil, it's struggle, it's thorns, it's thistles, and they have joy in doing it. But it's laborious. Like it, it's not an easy task. And so there's this um, there's this sense that, for instance, the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul. It's primarily a fundraising letter, right? So we have the Holy yeah. Spirit that God's given us so that we can um be grateful for the gospel, we can labor in joy. Uh we have the uh, unchanging word of God that we we can uh, that is relevant and sufficient for everything pertaining to life and godliness. And we have his local church that's meant as an encouragement and that's meant to provide physical tangible resources. Um but we can't be passive, and so if uh, you know if there's a believer listening to this that that thinks that um, because the Holy Spirit's living in me, I don't have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit or make any effort toward being obedient, then I would say that you're misguided.
1: We see, and you know, Jesus gives the Great Commission, does it sends out his disciples under his authority. We know the Great Commission will be successful. But the means that God will make the commission successful is through his church. Yeah, the labor
0: of his so church.
1: For us as as members of the church to say, oh, it's going to happen. God, God's going to, the great commission will be successful. And then to sit and do nothing to be a part of it. Is to be disobedient yeah. to what God wants.
0: It's almost people. like it'll happen. Somebody else will do it. Yeah,
1: oh, oh, like, you know what I mean. Right. And, and it's there's like, no well, plan B that God has yeah. to reach like, people you're with the, the gospel. It's you're the that, plan. You're the plan. That's,
0: That's why you're here. Yeah. You're you're and here to since later. you're the
1: plan. God will provide the resources you need to fill yeah. that plan. Exactly. Uh, next question: Were the many gathered to hear Peter preach, of which three thousand were saved, all living in that area, or were they there for a feast? and then would have traveled back home.
0: I have no idea. Next question. You don't know either way. They were there together at that moment. Yeah,
1: we we know they're there. The text doesn't really give us any more uh, than that, I don't think. Turn
0: there. Bear with us. Hear the pages. In there, yeah. I, I mean, added. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about three thousand souls. And so, um, I mean, there really is no indicator as whether or not these people traveled. To come. So, I mean, we do maybe. see
1: that it is the day of Pentecost that. Yep, it's the day Peter of Pentecost. The, the, the sermon. At so Pentecost. It, it's the, um, you know, a part of the. Um, Passover, uh, so maybe there are people that are coming in. Um, well, you hear, I mean, the gift of tongues, like... and that sort of thing. Yeah,
0: you hear the... Uh, you see the gift of tongues, that um, uh, in in chapter 2, verse 5, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. At the sound of the multitude came together. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So there were some people that were gathered there, that spoke different languages. This is kind of the reverse of the Tower of Babel, if you will, this this gift in the the early church here. And so so these people could have very well had come from different places, but I don't know. And then he addresses them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. And so when Peter stands up, that's what he says. He says, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you. He gives a sermon, and then at the conclusion of that sermon, it says about three thousand souls were added
1: to the church. And so, so um, I, I don't know. Maybe the intent of this question is Sean talked about um, there needing to be structure to the church because of just the, the the reality of dealing with a large amount of people, and here we see that three thousand people were saved. Um.
0: I would say that yeah I would say
1: that whether or not all of them were from out of town or not, there still is a piece that the disciples had to deal with of we have now the the church has now exploded yes. um it's gone from beyond the disciples and the the amount of followers that were there at the ascension of Christ to now we have hundreds and thousands of people that yeah. Are you hearing, to, hearing
0: well, the gospel? Yeah, and I think if you go to Acts chapter 6, I think we have an. I, I think no matter how small or how large, there needs to be organization. And organization is spiritual. I don't think organization is not spiritual. Organization is spiritual. God is a God of order, He created things in an orderly way. Acts chapter 6, man, it says, Now in the days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenist arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And so there's this problem. There's the, the church is expanding and growing, and then there's this blind spot. And these people are saying, listen, you can't forget. I, I know things are busy, but these people are being neglected. And the 12 apostles saw that this was an issue that needed to be addressed. So they came together. It says, and the 12 summoned the full number of disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said, pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith of the Holy spirit. Uh, that unfortunately didn't last long, right? Got killed just a little bit later. Um, But, uh, they appointed Stephen um, and Philip and uh, Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. That was a those mouthful. Are, none of
1: those are words that you're saying.
0: I know that was a mouthful of words. But these were the men that they essentially assigned as being deacons, right? And so already you have. The apostles, which were the kind of the elders who were praying, who were teaching, who were preaching, who were planting churches, raising up leaders. And they said, this this is what the Lord has called us to devote ourselves to. But this isn't the only function of God's church. People need to, to be cared for. Uh, widows, orphans, uh, these felt needs are real needs that need to be met by God's church. Um and because we don't have the margin to do all of this ourselves we need deacons and they appointed deacons so that's the function of deacons these are the first you know this is kind of the first glimpse we get into seeing some of the uh, church offices if you if you will and so there was organization right from the very beginning of the local church exploding and it was uh organization uh that was Put in place not for organization's sake; it was organization that was put in place so that they could full, be fully obedient to what God had entrusted to them. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Uh, you even see in First Corinthians, Paul lays out here is what um, orderly corporate worship looks yeah.
0: like. Yep, absolutely.
1: Um, and that's where we get the the phrase you know, "God is not the author of confusion." That's what that context is. Is there should not be confusion um, in the body of Christ? Yeah there should be order and so to have structure and to have organization is not bad or worldly it's um it's for the purpose of being effective in in the gospel and a glorifying God yep um last question where uh were there gentiles there that were also saved if so would they be allowed in the temple to worship
0: i'm going i'm so i'm going to go out on a le- like so <clears throat> Uh, I'm not thinking so at this moment. I'm thinking if if, he, if the, that question is talking about this particular text, maybe the, those who received his word were baptized and there were added to that day about three thousand souls. Right? I'm thinking. So this is before um, Paul. You know, Paul at this time is a persecutor of the um, uh, of Christians, uh, and and I think the first. Um, Gentile convert, I believe, is Peter and Cornelius, uh, that and that's in Acts chapter ten, right? And 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 it comes because God essentially has to inform Peter's conscience that uh, what God's called um, uh, clean, you don't call unclean or don't call common or whatnot, and and Peter's kind of surprised um, and realizes, man, this gospel is not just for. And they shouldn't have been shocked because even in the Old Testament, we realize the gospel—you know—that God's saving people not just from Israel. Um, that's never, ever, ever been just God's plan. He's saving people from every tribe, every tongue, every every nation. Um, but still, um, Peter and and some of the others were—that um, was a, a bit of a transition in their thinking. And and so, uh, Cornelius, to my understanding, is the first Gentile convert, and uh, and then of course we know that Paul's primary ministry uh, was one to the Gentiles um, with the gospel. And so, I, so I think it's safe to say that Gentiles so. weren't a part of that. 3, I mean, you have in the,
1: in Peter's sermon, who says um, he. he he points to Jesus being the prophesied Messiah, which a Gentile wouldn't understand the, the historical context of that. Yeah, a Jewish person would. And he says, "Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified." Um, I mean, like this is the the man that you just killed, um, that you put to death is is the Messiah. Yeah, and I think pointing that, so it probably is. Again, we can't. No, yeah. for certain, like, it doesn't specifically make it clear in, in this passage. But the probability is that it is a, an audience of of Jewish people.
0: Yeah, that would be my conclusion to it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see any evidence that there would be Gentiles there. That's not saying that wasn't. But the the aim of the text isn't to communicate to us that there were Gentiles there. Yeah, you know, the the aim of the text is the and this is the um, the empowered Peter who cowered away earlier, now boldly professing Christ. And, uh, but I do think the point of Acts 10 is to demonstrate um, that the gospel is for people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And yet, in verse 15, it says, what God has made clean, do not call common. Um, and so it says that he was perplexed as to what the vision might have meant. And uh, there were some men that were sent by Cornelius. And um, so Peter went with them, essentially. And um, and then it, it, he essentially preaches to Cornelius and to his household. And, and, and right in verse 34, it's even the title of the text is Gentiles hear the good news. Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And so I think that's probably the moment where Peter recognizes this is for um, everyone. The Lord draws to himself, yeah. And and if Gentiles would have had been responding in Acts chapter 2, he maybe would have realized it there, but didn't realize it till later. So that's my answer.
1: All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Um, as always, feel free to send me any questions you have from the sermon. Um, you can email those to me uh, directly, and we'll make sure we um, make an attempt to address them uh, in, in the recording. Um, thanks for taking the time to be a part of this session. Um, hopefully, we'll have Pastor Sean back with us next week um, for the next uh, as we kick off the Genesis series. Is there anything else that you had to wanted to mention, Joy? before we start um,
0: off? I think that's it. I mean, so um, the only piece is uh, J- uh, Josh Schwarting, our missions director, um, uh, has made known to me uh a, a, a awesome serve opportunity for uh, if any of you small group leaders are interested in having your small group serve in the uh, English as a Second Language ministry that happens on Thursday nights. Uh, he's going to be getting some information to you soon about that um it it is uh a a really good um opportunity to begin to build relationships um with some people in our community that solely speak spanish um and and hopefully we can make some leadway into uh, being able to communicate the gospel to them and and uh and and just love on them and so Look for some details about that ministry coming from Josh Schwarting, too. And uh, and if you have any questions about it, you can email him at josh at org. But um, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week.